Hello and welcome to another episode of the Superhero Finder. I, of course, am Matt Wilson um, and I'm scouring the cosmos all across the globe and everywhere looking for inspiring stories and motivating people um, to, you know, let us know what's going on in their lives, maybe what's gone on for them, uh, what's coming up and, you know, hopefully there's something in here that you can take away that's going to make your day even better than it could be. Now, I have the absolute pleasure um, of a gentleman with me today, and I'm going to be catching up with Mitchell Hooper. How are you, Mitchell? I'm doing very well, yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. I think um, if people haven't heard of you, because the whole point of this podcast is to speak to people who perhaps aren't that well-known, and it's unearthing the superhero within them and finding those strengths as well. So you have just um competed in world's strongest man haven't you yeah yeah competed in world's strongest man uh, i was fortunate enough to win my group and i came eighth overall which is incredible and we did just touch upon that before i press record because myself being a massive world's strongest man um fan and strongman as well but that's not what we're here to talk about because i catch a lot of your social media and a big thing that comes across from that is actually kindness strength the mixture of the two and actually maybe breaking some of the barriers between what we see and what the perception is of people you know in strength in the gym in performance and then actually the emotional side and the thoughtful side and, and actually being kind as well so i would love it if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and you know what your experience has been in life that's kind of brought you to where you are today yeah, well, I've done a lot of different things with my life from, from various sports to education to moving across the world. Uh, you know, for me, my life has just been a, um, entirely about how can I expose my greatest weaknesses? And that's why a large reason why I moved to Australia. That's why I went from marathon running to strongman. I just always try to find new things to do. And the consistent thing for me is I've very quickly discovered I don't have a whole lot of uh, enjoyment in things where people are uh, harsh. There's initiations where people are, are not very nice. American football would be the best example. The culture associated with American football is very masculine, very macho, and it really doesn't sync up with who I am. I grew up with a single mom and a sister. Uh, it was myself and the two women in the house. And to an extent, that's probably rubbed off and probably why I don't really have a whole lot of reverence or respect for the alpha male type behavior. Mm -hmm. And I've bled that over into strength sports where the community that I experienced at a local level over in Australia was so positive, so encouraging, and wanted me to be a part of that so badly. And that's really what's carried me through to this stage. So the idea of being kind and having things be about the community as much as it is about performance, and in my opinion, how you behave is more important than how you perform. Yeah. That's really not a new thing that I've come up with. That's something that I've seen from people I respect, and that's the reason I'm involved in the sport. And just what I want to bring to the masses is to tell them that this is what this sport is about. It's not about the screaming, the slapping. It's about getting together with a bunch of girls, a bunch of guys, doing your strongman Saturday or Sunday, uh, having some objective way to improve yourself week after week mm -hmm. and being able to create that community. And the average person who gets into strongman is not who people would think. 
you see people like myself, you see people like Brian Shaw, like Kelvin DeRuiter, like these massive, massive men, half the yeah. time they're covered in tattoos and they assume that that's who the majority of the strong men are. Yeah. But it's really not. If you look at a local level and you, you speak to people at those comps, it's really people who are struggling, struggling to be active in general. They're struggling. They've always struggled to find a social service, yeah. sort of the misfits. And you have to promote that side of it because that's what strongman is. Strongman is not, as a whole, the top level. Uh, where if you look at NFL, NBA, every other major sporting league, it really is top down. Those guys determine the shoes that they wear, determine the yeah. shoes that the kids wear. Their new move determines what the kid's new move is. But I don't see that happening in strongman as much because you can't mimic what a 180 kilo guy <laughs> does if you're a 60 no. kilo female. No. And strongman's the opposite, I think. I think strongman's the bottom up. It starts at that grassroots community level and the high level people, the, the people who evolve from that are just a, a product of that environment. I love that. And actually, I, I can totally see what you mean there because, you know, it's not um, in any way a glamorous spot. Um, and, you know, so I joined, so a little bit about kind of me as I joined Strongman last year. So I've been into my own fitness and I've been a personal trainer for years, et cetera. But what I was missing was that sense of community and coming from somewhere like bodybuilding, which, you know, it's very alpha. Um, and it can be very critical and, you know, very perfectionist. And it can do all these things to the mind and body dysmorphia, et cetera. And I just wanted, I just wanted to, a way to train, to enjoy the training, enjoy the people I was around, and which fits in perfectly to what you described then, and use my body to its best ability and have fun doing it, as opposed to worrying about what the body looked like. It's about what can it do? Um and what I found immediately was the community side. And, you know, you walk into any strongman type gym or something like, like a strongman Saturday or something, perhaps. And what you'll find is, even if you go to an, a, a competition, everybody's cheering for everybody. The only thing that matters on that day is that somebody does their best and tries their hardest. It doesn't matter where they come. And of course, you'll find some people that it's really important to them that they win. And like you would in any competition, but it's more about the getting involved. And like you say, it's there's a real mixture of people in there um, from all sorts of different backgrounds, and there's absolutely a space for people who aren't very active, but they are, you know, but they are strong and they want to get to know other people and they want to be able to move and not feel segregated mm -hmm. by, you know, movement sports which you know, by tradition or by rule book, you know, let's say, I don't know, some, some of the larger people out there just wouldn't be able to compete in that because either it wouldn't be the norm or, you know, they wouldn't be able to do the task at the level that, you know, it's, it's quite intimidating, isn't it? But with Strongman, you know, yeah. if you've got the will and you've got the basic level of strength, anyone can pick up a weight and walk with it or can pick up, you know, when we're talking about deadlifts and stuff, they're quite technical movements. But when you talk, when you think about old school strong, when you think about moving barrels and, you know, moving weights and carrying things like, obviously we've got the yoke, we're carrying things and just being strong. That's something that's very accessible, isn't it? Yeah. And movements done extraordinarily well are very technical. Yeah. So a perfect deadlift is very technical, but a deadlift itself is not technical at all. It's picking something up off the ground. 
So a barrier to entry is virtually zero at, for an independent living functional human being. And I think the moments that give me goosebumps, the moments that 100% hand on the Bible honestly mean more to me than winning the first three events at World's Strongest Man and having a crowd chant my name, blah, 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 is thinking about the guy who never played a sport in his life, mm -hmm. whose dad might be a bit disappointed in him that he's not super active, who's 22 years old, who's never had a friend group, who might be a computer tech guy, and he comes across strong men. He enters his first novice comp, and for the first time in his life, he's got 25 people screaming their heads off, mm -hmm. cheering for him, because yeah. he's deadlifting 40 kilos. That, that is strong men to me. That's what I have reverence for. Yeah, absolutely, because it's not... Yeah, it's so much more than just the act of moving that way, and it's you know, about the being there and, and the, the overall support. And you're right. When else do you get, you know, a crowd of people chanting your name and not only chanting your name, but genuinely wanting you to do well? Yeah. And even the other competitors you watch at World's Strongest Man, where we do things in tandem, mm. it's very, very rare that a guy finishes and doesn't go start screaming yes. for the other guy to finish. And you saw when I, I rolled my ankle in the final event of World's Strongest Man, extending an atlas stone the stone nearly fell on me i did a bit of a backflip away from it and the first person coming over to check if i was okay was trey mitchell who literally runs from the three feet away he was cheering for me to finish it runs and immediately gets down starts finding out if i'm okay and finding help and that's you know and that's what it's about because we see it we see it in other sports we see it in um football and rugby which are the most prominent you know Prominence in in the UK, and you just you just don't get that feeling of I don't know quite that being genuine and just that genuine concern um, yeah. without agenda. I think that's the point as well. Yeah, well, when the Toronto Raptors were playing the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals, I, I distinctly remember watching on TV Kevin Durant injure re-injure himself after he came back. And the crowd was cheering like crazy. Mm. And that is the most marked difference between strongman and, and every other sport. Yeah, it really is. It really is a good sport. I mean, you come from, so you've not always done strongman. because this is, this is a bit of a dip, a dip of the toe in the water, so to speak, isn't it for you? Everything's a bit of a dip in the toe of the water. <laughs> I just want to see how many ponds I can dip my toe into. So when I grew up, I played hockey for 10 years, ice hockey. Then I played at a competitive level. I, I swam, baseball, basketball, volleyball, track and field. Uh, then I played American football into college. I did bodybuilding. I did marathon running. Wow. I'm strongman now. And I'm 26. I just, I just make my way around a whole bunch of different things. And it's for no reason other than objectively improving yourself in some way, I think, has to be a minimum ambition of any human being. And I believe that that's where bodybuilding falls apart. There's no objective improvement to bodybuilding. It's all subjective. It's all what someone else tells you that you've been able to do. Yes. And your success marker, which is a massive thing throughout life anyway, is always someone else's viewpoint. And, you know, 
if you don't have, I don't know, you're working on your, your weak, you know, you're working on one of your weak points. It might be your squat or something like that. And then, you know, week by week, you're adding a kilo on. Yeah. That is improvement you can see, and that and that's proven no matter what anybody else says, no matter what you think, that is an improvement, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And we all have difficult mental health times where we, we want to convince ourselves that we are worse than we are. Mm-hmm. And if you find objective ways, you cannot argue. You cannot argue with yourself, and no one can argue with you, that you are getting stronger or you are getting faster or your business is growing and you're helping more people or whatever it may be, the objective improvement can come physically or it could come in, in many, many areas of your life. Uh, but, you know, bodybuilding is still probably the thing that I'm most proud of that I did. And I didn't stick with it because of how horrendous the community is. Mm. But that's, I believe everything needs to be, you need to be proud of the process, mm. not really of the outcome. And you can lean on the outcome but you have to you have to appreciate the process. Oh, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that because it's as well, especially when it when it's subjective. You see, there's so much work goes into anything where you massively well where you're improving steadily. So when you look at bodybuilding, when you look at powerlifting, when you look at you know strongman, we look at all these sports or any sport really as well. You know, in, in other walks of life as well. But when you're doing that. It, you have to put value in the process and see the incremental changes and, and the little wins and all the little goalposts in between. Because if you're only ever looking at the result, you know, say you only ever wanted to win and you didn't win, well, does that mean you're worthless? Does that mean it's not been worth it? You know, and on the contrary, if you do win, does that mean that you have worth? Because I would argue no. Because you've expected you were going to win. You would. Well, no, just because you won something. Who cares? When, when uh, guys tell me that, that they win World's Strongest, their goal in life is to win World's Strongest Man as many times as possible. I think if you've won World's Strongest Man, say you do it six times. Hmm. So? <laughs> okay. I, I Personally, I don't care. Hmm. I care a lot about what you do with that. I care a lot about using that platform to be able to do something mm. but winning winning a competition or doing well in in one facet of your life can't really indicate that you're a great person and that's why when people ask me who i was most excited to meet when i go to world's strongest man and they would expect answers like brian Shaw, mm. Tim Hollins, mark felix the legends of the sport i was probably most excited to meet like gabriel Payne, yeah who's the texas titan yeah, he's, he's not the most known guy. He's not the strongest guy there. But I had some really pleasant conversations with him. He seems like a really nice guy. So to me, that's it's more interesting to meet that dude than it is to meet yes. a guy who I know nothing about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what you've just highlighted there is status versus purpose. Yeah. And that one without the other. Well, status without purpose, what is, what is the value of that? You know? Vanity and ego. Yeah, yeah, it's yes. that's it. It's it, it's it's a recognition, um, but you know, somebody that comes, uh, uh, Joe, I never thought about that about that before. So if you you've got the person that wins the competition, and the person that comes second comes second because they lifted half a kilo less on one of the on one of the events, doesn't make them any less strong, does it? 
but you just haven't got the title of world's strongest man. You could call it world's strongest zebra, and it, you know, for for argument's uh, sake. You could call it world's weakest gorilla. You know, we're, not, <laughs> we're not a particularly strong species. We're not. We're not the strongest. You, you walk out your door and you see a hundred pound dog, and that dog is still stronger than you, even if you're the world's strongest man. Yeah. My, my argument is that even if you won world's strongest man by winning every single event by a, a mile. Yeah. Who cares? Right. And it's it's something that I invest a lot of time into, and I don't want anything that I say to be misinterpreted as I don't care about the sport because I'm sacrificing my health in certain ways to compete and participate in the sport. I'm sacrificing tons of time. I'm sacrificing time with my family, time to grow my business, all of that stuff. But I think it's important to never lose the context of you're doing this for a fixed period of time. You have to be a person afterwards and you have to be a person throughout. So whilst I'm very proud of my bodybuilding experience and committing to that, I was also a horrendous person to be around, very rude to my family, very rude to my friends. Yeah. And I probably ended the whole experience as a worse person than when I started. So it's very important to me that I also use this to help myself grow because I, I haven't always been a nice person. Yeah. And that, you know, and that would come full circle back to that growth again, isn't it? And it's, and it's growth and improvements, not only in the sport that you're trying to do, but it's also outside that and how they can work together, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the most important thing in life is, is finding what I call a North Star. And it's who do you want to be when you're ready to die? And I've thought about this since I was 13, 14, 15. And everything that you do has to take you in that direction. And you don't have to know exactly steps A, B, and C to get there, but it has to, to move you in the right way. Even though I knew where I wanted to be when I was 13 or 14, I didn't have the processing power. I didn't have the ability to understand that I had to be nice to people to get there. My idea was if I wanted to impact the world and I wanted to uh, build a big business that helped as many people as possible, no, I don't need to be nice to people. I just need to... Uh, learn finances, learn business, learn the area that I want to get involved in. And that's going to be enough for me to be able to do that. Then as I got older, I realized that that was very, very wrong. Um, I, I didn't have a lot of close friends. Yeah. So I moved to Australia and thought, well, I'm going to go where I know no one, try and build as many close friendships as I can. And, uh, that's probably what I pulled most from that entire experience. <clears throat> but with that North Star, there should be a there should be an idea of you're competing in strongman. Why? You want to accomplish what? And it, you do not want to accomplish being the world's strongest man. No one wants to accomplish that. No one, no one cares to their soul about that. They might really care about making their family proud. They might really care about supporting yeah. their family. They might really care about something one layer below that. And what's really important to recognize is what that, what that one layer below looks like. Because then you don't tie everything up in, I need to be world's strongest man. Like I think um, I've listened to Luke Stoltman a little bit with it. And Luke is an, an unbelievable guy. I have only yeah. great things to say about him. But he talks about like, I don't know if I'm gonna be okay if I don't win world's strongest man. I, I, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how I'll give it up without that. <clears throat> and I don't think he's ever taken the time to think what that title actually means to him. Mm. 
because say say what he really wants is uh, to uh, I don't know uh, to to I don't know him well enough to even hypothesize an answer, but say he wants to make his dad proud, and his dad loved World's Strongest Man. Well, Luke has supported Tom in winning World's Strongest Man twice, like like nothing I've ever seen. And then maybe he'd start to realize my my purpose is actually nothing to do with me winning. Mm -hmm. You could even say, say Tom didn't exist. He never won World's Strongest Man. And Luke never won World's Strongest Man. But Luke won the character award two years ago. He got heavily involved in, say, moving forward, he got heavily involved in presenting the trophies, being a staple of that community. And then, well, dad's going to be unbelievably proud of what you've done there. Probably more so if you won yourself. Yeah. So I think everything people do in life, you gotta you gotta take a step back from the day-to-day work and understand what you're working towards. Yes. I think the biggest fear of a lot of people is if they accomplish what they set out to accomplish. If I genuinely think that if I'm striving to be world's strongest man, and that was really important to me, and I want it, I think I would be less happy than when I was striving to do it. Because now you have a void to fill. Yeah, because what do you do then? <laughs> yeah, and if you don't know why you wanted to do that, you yeah. can't continue striving towards that why. No, whereas if you do know, you can still continue that and you've still accomplished winning that title. But your, you know, the, the value and the purpose of exactly of, of why you're doing it still remains the same, doesn't it? That's incredible. So when I talk about, when I talk about strongman not being that important to me, that's what I mean. It's a very, very important proxy. I love the community. I want the community of strongmen to grow as big as possible. I want to, and I will maintain this throughout my whole career. I will stand and sign autographs and speak to more people than anyone else. I will make myself more available than anyone else because I want those people to fall in love with strongmen and be able to have their own experience and journey. But I don't tie the importance to, I need to, accomplish x y and z athletically to be able to impact those people of course it will help and that's why i work extremely hard to try to to try to win but that's also why i got the most attention for just having fun when i was at world's strongest man yeah it's just fun yeah and i saw and i saw some of that and you know some of the pictures and i saw you did a series of selfies with people and you did the tiktok was it the tiktok (laughs) And, it was, and, it, and it's brilliant and it's you know there's that and you know there's there's people i really respect for that same reason people like paro dwyer was doing films with the stallmans and you know the youtube stuff and just having a bit of fun with it and it's that it's that element of fun you know like both tom and luke have got a load of time for tom and luke and again as serious as they are you know they have that fun element and it's not be all or end all in terms of you know it's not the only thing they think about in that day you know there's there's also that brothership and the friendship with other people and all the people they've got around them and it is you know it's it's surrounding yourself with the best people I've been you know I've had the worst days in my head and I've gone to you know I've gone to do a strongman session I've gone to see my coach or whatever and you know it's just transformative that 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 moment where you're ready to give up you're not having a great day you think do you know what I'm just going to give it up. And then all of a sudden people are just shouting for you on that rep. And all of a sudden it's just, it brings you up and you realize what you're capable of and that you, you know, you realize you're surrounded by people that, that just love you for trying 
or just for being there or you know what they understand i mean i've you know i've i've spoken to my coach a couple of times and i've so when you've been saying what you've been saying it resonated with me because i've i started in strongman going do you know what right i'm mid 30s now so i'm not exactly young but i want to just be as strong as possible so i went to my coach and he gave me this plan and he gave me an intense plan we're talking four hours four times a week yeah so we're talking a lot of stuff and i started it and it was really good and i did my first comp did two amateur comps, uh, novice, in one year. And then I've come into this year, and all of a sudden, it just doesn't feel the same, apart from the competitions, which I still look forward to. I've got a six-month void. And something's just switched, and you've just identified what that is, and no longer was I having fun in the process of doing that training. Something had just got lost. Because whether it's because I didn't have a competition that I was trying to peak for in performance or something like that, you know, all of a sudden I wasn't having fun. So, you know, I, I kind of, I just spoke to my coach and he changed things up and started putting some fun movements and he was like, Oh, it's okay. You know, it's fine. We'll just change a couple of things. We'll just keep it fresh for you. And, you know, no problem. Cause in, you know, with doing the podcast, et cetera, with doing my own, you know, my own coaching with people, you know, I've realized that it's, it's actually just as important for me to do my training as it is for me to be able to serve others and to help others either do my social media to introduce them to the sport like you said or just to speak to people to have conversations to see how people are doing you know to have conversations where we're talking about purpose you know or whether it's just to have conversations about the weather just to spend that little bit of time with people speaking to them um and that was such an important switch to make, but you've just kind of said it beautifully there. It's about realizing what's under the, I suppose, the vehicle. You know, you, you're trying to get stronger. You want to do strongman, but that's not the be all and end all. For yeah. me, what I've realized yeah. is it's actually understanding what my strengths are and working on those strengths, understanding what weaknesses are and choosing which ones I want to work on and which ones I just want to accept. You yeah. know, I think for a lot of people, that's what, strongman in the community has been able to do, hasn't it? Yeah, I think the best analogy would be that you're driving a car and you're trying to take the car to fulfillment. And the speed of the wheels of the car are how well you do in strongman. But under the car, if you don't understand why you want to do well, you're, you're driving in sand and you're just digging yourself deeper and deeper. <laughs> and it actually doesn't matter how strong you get and how fast those wheels go. You're still not going anywhere. <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting anywhere. And I think if you get clearer and clearer, you start, you start getting that road and it starts becoming loose gravel. It starts mm. becoming uh, dirt. It starts becoming pavement. And you start actually getting yourself where you want to be. And you end up closer to being fulfilled than you were before. And I think this gets to a conversation about fulfillment versus happiness. And I have this conversation with my fiance once in a while because if I'm not happy, she it, it really affects her. Yeah. And I have literally very little interest in being happy. If I did, I would just lie in bed and masturbate all day, probably. <laughs> that's probably like that's that's fantastic. Cause that would make me really happy. But fulfillment would be very low yes be empty getting up early in the morning sucks having 14 hour days sucks training for three hours when you don't feel like training at all sucks it all sucks but it's all taking you in a direction that you want to go and people who strive for 
a title or an accomplishment or a, a certain marathon time or whatever it may be. I think they're getting too hung up in what would make them really happy. And they have to think more about what would make them really fulfilled. Yes. And the funny thing, I think when you describe that situation where you were loving it, you're, you're prepping for comps, you're in comps, and then you have this space and time where you have an off season and you don't have a comp prep on. I think a lot of people's biggest fear is having time for their thoughts. And that's kind of, you started having space to think about what, what the hell are you investing so much time into the sport? And 99% of people are at, at your level where you're not doing it. Because if I, if I had that question to myself, why are you wasting so much time? It would be, well, there's a financial incentive. I can take care of my family with this. Well, even if I had no, no concept of what would make me fulfilled, well, there's money on the line. It's a, yeah. it's a job. Yeah. And, okay. But if you're not at that stage, it's a lot of time to invest in something that you're not sure exactly why you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think that as a result of that, that's, you know, that's why the couple of competitions I have got coming up, I'm really looking forward to. But the drive isn't there to become superhuman anymore. I know I've got the ability to be able to do them, to compete. But really above that, and it's all about the day. It's, you know, it's all about the actual process of being at the competition and all the stuff around that. And having the, the group of friends that's suddenly getting bigger, people, more people you follow on Instagram, and you know, you just get this, this kind of people surrounding you. I think that's, it almost feels like that's enough. And yeah. then actually, what can I do with that? Things like, you know, um, invite you on here. And I was so grateful when, when you came back and said, yeah, absolutely, let's do this. And I absolutely know why now, because you know, part of it for you is to actually, you know, to, to help others or to, you know, to show others that there's more to it and to show more depth within why, I suppose, why you're competing as well. Um, what's next for you then, do you think, Mitchell? I have an unbelievably hectic schedule <laughs> in terms of competition. I'm, I'm sitting in my clinic right now. So professionally, I'm, I'm going to continue to grow the clinic. I'm going to continue to, to grow the online business and, and the brand there. Competition-wise, on July 9th, I have the uh, – at Royal Albert Hall, yes. I have the Strongman Classic. Classic. Mm -hmm. Then on August 6th, I have the World Deadlift Championship and Giants Live World Open in Wales. And then August 13 and 14, I have – the Shaw Classic. They're close together, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, a week apart. Yeah. And that, that hasn't been announced yet. How quick are you turning around these podcasts? Uh, as quick as we need to. Who <laughs> cares? That hasn't been announced yet, but that'll get announced shortly. And then August 20th, 21st and 22nd, I'm doing Canada's Strongest Man. So competitions professional competitions back to back, which would be very, very um, tiring, stressful. And I already, I already know, I, I'm gonna rock up to Canada's Strongest Man, not particularly interested. Yeah. Uh, and my performance will probably be pretty average there. Um, but I think setting those expectations is important, but yeah, Strongman wise, that's what's next. Um, I, I'm starting to do uh, webinars on my website. So that's a new thing that I've started up. I've got clothing out on my website, which is another new thing that, that I've started up. 
I've got shirts that say lift heavy, be kind. I um, love that. I need one. I need one. I was about to order the other day. I was just like, I have to, you know. <laughs> yeah, those are those are taking off. Those are those are doing well. Um, and then uh, yeah, I have a, a girl who works for me in Australia with the with the business. And her and her family are moving over in a couple of months, moving to Canada. Uh, so wow. we can work on this full time. We can take it a little bit further. Wow. I've got an awesome YouTube series starting. I'm so excited about this. Working with a videographer who's going to uh, do a video every week yeah. of a lead up into uh, the World Deadlift Championship. Incredible. And it's going to let people get to know me a little bit as well. So we're going to do part of it will be, say, at my house, interview my fiance yeah. and me, us together. And part of it will be covering the training. Love that. And those are sort of the, the most exciting things going on off the top of my head. There's there's always a million things, always something new. Uh, but that's sort of how I like to keep it. Yeah, I just, I get this. I mean, it's not even a feeling. You've literally said it. You just like new things and to try things and just to see, I suppose, see what feels right, you know, what what feels like you're doing the fun things, you know, what 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 you want to be doing and what sits. I, I often talk about using my gut as a compass. And if we do that, then we know whether it's right or wrong for us, you know, and it'll keep us nice and safe. Um, so, I mean, looking at, so you've got all them competitions, you've got this, you, you know, you've got the shop being launched, you're working with videographers. So, so things are really, really growing. And then the, the, I suppose the amount of people that you've got working around you and for, your you know business ventures and, and interest grows as well how do you then in that future as that keeps on growing how do you then retain or continue to grow the person you are alongside being incredibly busy if not busier and having then bigger business interests how do you find that balance do you think <laughs> no, we've got no crystal ball or magic wand, by the way, because it's not happened yet. But I'm just wondering, in your, because I know you've got a very thoughtful mind, how do, how do you see this playing out? Well, it's really the evolution of what I wanted to do always. So I don't see it as that dissimilar to what I'm trying to do at the moment. Because to play it through, I want to make it the biggest impact as I can on as many people as I can. And that means that I'm going to have to have, I'm going to have to be a leader in that sense. And, and people mistake managing and leading and managing is making sure that tasks get done. Yeah. Leading is essentially inspiring people to want to do those tasks. Yes, absolutely. And if I can manage to become a good leader, then people will want to work for me. People will want to do good work. People will uh, start to share the same vision. And people will, will start to take personal pride in what they're doing. So it's going to get to a stage where I'm not really in the clinic and there's someone running the clinic. Yeah. And the goal is to, to grow these across Canada. Wow. And That's awesome. I'm not, I'm not going to be the person who can do all of that work, right? I, no. I'll, be able to, I'll be able to do some of it. I'll be able to uh, definitely lead and manage a certain number of people. But that's, that's the biggest challenge for me when I think of 20, 30, 40 years time is to be able to have a clear vision, lead people to want to work with me on a project. And I think it really boils down to if someone, if you have a life goal and someone comes and says, I want to work with you and you share that life goal with them and they start working for you 
to accomplish that life goal, that person is as close to family as anyone that I know. Yeah. And if you make that clear to them and you respect them, you, uh, you treat them kindly, then I think things are always going to work out for you. And there's going to be roadblocks. And you, you got you to gotta kind of take the good with the bad. And, uh, as the business gets bigger, problems will get bigger. But uh, I'll just have to grow to deal with those. And mm. in the end, if you're treating people well, you're, you have a purpose that's generally good. That's mm-hmm. the purpose is out there to help people. Say it all folds like a deck of cards in 10 years. If I was a good person through that whole process, I treated people well and it failed for whatever reason. I, I can look myself in the mirror, be pretty proud of what I've done, and try and start doing the next thing. Because again, it comes back to that is your purpose, isn't it? It's to be a good person, to be kind, you know, right. to That's show right. love. And and like you said, if you fuel everything on on that, and you know, and that becomes the way that you do things, then everything's just a stepping stone. Then is it? It's just part of the journey, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to pretend as though I, I sit here with this clear mind all the time. <laughs> I wish we did. Yeah, it'd be awesome, but. I don't always feel great about what I'm doing. I don't always feel fulfilled. I don't always think I'm headed in the right direction. And sometimes I'll, I'll be having a, a little mini panic attack. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. Sometimes I'll have a, a complete mental health breakdown at home. And, and I just, like, I don't know. It's like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm. And I, I'd like people to know that, that I'm not, I'm not sitting here as a guru of, perfect uh, perfect behavior and i'm not always kind and i'll, I'll tell people to f- fuck off and i'll, yeah. I'll get angry yeah. but i think it's just important that uh, i'm very clear um that that's what i'm striving to i'm striving to be better and i think everyone else should be striving to be better as well yeah absolutely out of interest have you have you got um a go-to kind of method to help you in those times where you not sure of your purpose and you know feeling anxious and, and whatever is there anything that you have found to to help it goes back to getting on the right direction getting heading doing something towards my north star so if it's if i'm if i'm having that issue and i'm at work because one of the most challenging things about running your own companies is you, you can't go to someone and say hey what's my next task what should i do now it's that begins and ends with you. And if you don't do something on your list of to-do, your to-do list, there's, you, you don't come and, and have your nice coworker in the morning who's done it for you. No one, no one is here for you. No one is coming. Yeah. And taking a small step to be, able to, to be able to make your life better tomorrow is the objective. So I might not, there's times where I might not be up for going to visit doctors and going to doctor's offices and, and doing some marketing and sales and whatnot. But I, this is actually a, a case from yesterday. I didn't feel like going and doing that. So I at least wrote down a list of every single one of the doctors in the city, all of their addresses. And when I do feel ready to do that, and I do have time to go do that, it's there. I'm done. I'm ready. I can go. Yeah. So it's just taking that small step. And when it comes to uh, the mental health side of things, it just you know lean on, lean on family, lean on the, the ones closest to me as much as I can. Uh, I... I I really like to share. I really like to tell people about it. 
uh, in a very, very small circle, which basically just comprises my fiance at the moment. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I always like to chat it over. I always like to, to tell her what I'm thinking about. Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes it's as helpful as just having a, a, an ear to listen. But getting away from the idea that you should expect yourself to be happy has been very valuable to me. Yeah. And understanding that the person out at the clubs every night is probably very happy when they're at the clubs and looking at that person and realizing that you can't be that way. Well, I guess you can, but you don't want to be that way. Yes. That, that takes a lot of pressure off because I think when people get upset, they'll start getting into this thing where they're sometimes they'll be upset about being upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I know what you mean. Jesus Christ. And, and I've done that to myself before. And how the hell do you stop? being upset about being upset it's just a complete spiral it is <laughs> especially for and i think it's it's under underappreciated people who, who who have mental health that's gone the wrong way who have really really good lives yeah and you take it you take myself for example Strongman's going as well as it could. Business is going very well. My relationship is, is as good as it could be. My family is here and all, all my family loves me and I get along really well with them. There's objectively nothing in my life that I should have any sort of issue with. Mm. But sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. And I think someone who has these areas in their life that, that are stressors and can cause them to go into mental health spins, I think it's important for them to realize that, you know, you might have those anyway. And that might happen. And the most important thing to realize is, that that is okay. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to uh, to have negative thoughts. It's okay to go to those dark places. And you have a lot less control over that than you think. And you have a lot less control, not only when it starts, but when it ends. And you sort of have to just ride that wave. That's, that's so powerful. It's almost that yeah, that, that feeling sometimes when you're feeling off or whatever it is, angry or upset or anxious, and then it's, well, yeah, I'm looking at my life and I've got all this stuff. Why the hell am I feeling this way? And it's chastising yourself for feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. When, you know, the, the first step from that, the, the, the power of acceptance itself and, and saying it's okay, <laughs> I feel this way. You know, whether it's looking at things that you do have, whether it's just, you know, checking in with people, whether it's just sending a message or speaking to someone close and, you know, and just understanding that you will have times where, you know, you're not feeling particularly great. Just like physically, I, I like to make the link between physical and mental health because we say mental health and mental health generally gets coupled up with mental health issues or problems. But if you look at mental health as you do your physical health, sometimes you feel achy, sometimes yeah. you don't feel right, you need to stretch. And, yeah. you know, mentally, obviously, it's not you're not going to stretch your brain, clearly. But, you know, there's going to be good days. There's going to be, you know, days where you're not feeling right. And that's just yeah. normal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think um, I'll, I'll share a quick one. I Earlier this week, there was a situation where um, I, I take so much pride in not being an angry person. I've been mm. angry in the past. I try to be as happy as I can, as often as I can. Sometimes at home, I'll get angry about certain situations. I'll get angry about something that someone said. I'll, I'll fly off the handle a little bit in the privacy of my own home. 
around just my fiance who knows me really well and knows that I'm not angry. I'm not like that. <laughs> and earlier this week, there was a situation where someone outside of my fiance saw me get properly angry off the hook for the first time in probably a decade. Mm. And I had to spend considerable time convincing myself that no, I'm not an angry person. I don't, I don't, I'm not a, an asshole 99% of the time, <laughs> and, but little things like that. And, and I have, I have a thousand comments online that I could go read about how, how I impacted someone positively, how nice I've come across, yeah. but sometimes it doesn't even matter, you know? So to give people an example of the last time that that's happened to me, that's, that's exactly it. Because one, well, like we said, one event or one physical thing manifesting or happening doesn't identify who you are because you are. Yeah, and the person, and the person even said, like, no, I, I, I totally get it. You're fine. I don't even think you're in the wrong. I, I don't even think you're in the wrong reacting that way. <clears throat> but it's, it's still, there's still those little things that, that will eat you up. Those little soft spots that we all have that no one really knows what they are until you've hit it. Until you find them, yeah. And then you got to work through it, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So I've got a couple of questions for you then. So we have um, a bit of a tradition, um, which I've started. And I'd like to know, because this is a superhero finder, I'm a massive Marvel geek. I've got tattoos and all the lot. The bearded tattooed strongman. Who'd have thought it? But (laughs) my question to you would be, if you could have any superhero power, what would it be? To reverse time. Ooh. For what purpose? Um, just if there's a if there's a moment in time you've done something that you're not particularly proud of, I would love the opportunity to to go back ten minutes, go back an hour, just redo something and replay it again. Okay. Not, not on a broad scale. Yeah. I would only be rewind power for about ten minutes at a time. <laughs> not massively. Uh, no, yeah, not 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 on a not on a macro scale, that's for sure. No, and uh, if there was one thing that, or one piece of advice, or one thing that you've learned, I think we've covered a few things, but if we could just encapsulate it in maybe one or two sentences, and people would take something away from today, what would it be? Do you think? I think getting out there and objectively improving yourself in some way is imperative to um, to feel fulfilled. I love it. So succinct. Um, and I can't thank you again enough for your time um, today, Mitchell. Um, hope you've enjoyed yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I love talking about this stuff for sure. Oh, perfect. I absolutely love that. Okay, well, if anyone wants to um, check out any of your websites um, or any of your businesses, is there, is there a place they can go you want to just let us know about? Uh, just uh, Mitchell Hooper Mitchell Hooper on Instagram you can find everything from there I'll promote everything else from there but that's the spot to find me wonderful perfect well thank you for your time Mitchell thank you very much thanks for having me and it's been an absolute pleasure